Hey, Corner Office listeners, you can find us on all streaming platforms such as Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Also, make sure to check out our Instagram at the Corner Office Pod. Now, enjoy this episode. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of The Corner Office. It's finally a regular episode. I feel like we've been doing some guest episodes, had some, uh, had a little bit of fun. Um, but now now we're back to our regular scheduled National Tuesday programming. So as always, I'm Alex Penders. And I'm Jack Byrne. And yeah, I mean, you said it. It's National Tuesday and we're finally back. And boy, I can only speak for myself, but I am feeling finals week. Yeah, it's been rough out here. I mean, finals week is coming up next week uh, for us at Ithaca College, and um, you know things are getting to the getting down to the bone here uh, in my in these first semester classes. Really, just trying to, to to stay alive, you know. Yeah, just barely keeping afloat, but I don't know. Whatever we're, we're it doing takes to get that yeah. get that passing grade, my friend. Exactly. Exactly. Just, and just we don't just get passing grades here, okay? By the no, way, I just no, want to make a clarification. We are model students here at the office. Yeah. Let's not let's not stereotype the sports podcast, all right? Like we we know what we're doing. We know what we're doing. But um you know, so like it's it's good whenever we can get a little bit of a break in that academic cycle and and come here and tell you guys a little bit about what's going on in the sports world. I mean, today's Tuesday, so that means that we're going to touch on the NBA. I think, you know, Jack and I have prepared a little bit and we're going to get into our regularly scheduled 15 second. You want to do that first? Yeah, let's do that first. All right, so we're going to do our 15-second segment. Uh, for those of you who don't know, it's just we each pick uh, a series of NBA teams, and you have to try and get as much as a fi- as close to 15 seconds in a recap of that team as possible. Um, what are you thinking? I'm thinking that you should go first because I'm still watching the George Washington University men's basketball team go into overtime with Navy, and they just gave up a huge end one. Alex, the game is tied the minute and a yeah, half see, this is, I, I and this I is left new... the game to come record this show so that should show you my dedication towards this I think this is a new thing that we're gonna we're gonna be doing is just like watching games in the background of like recording episodes I guess because I normally fun. it's fun it, is, it, it makes it interesting but we did it with my dad the other night and I'm not sure did you guys do it on Thursday uh no no, you didn't do it. All right, but we're back with it today on Tuesday, and hopefully GW pulls this one out against Navy, but it's not looking likely at the moment. Navy's given a good run. Um, that being said, Jack, do you have your clock up? I do, and I'm ready to give you a three-second countdown. You ready? Uh, one second here. Oh, so no. <laughs> All right, I'm ready. Three, two, one, go. The Orlando Magic are nine and one in their last ten. They sit at the second seed in the Eastern Conference at fourteen and six, and although they suffered a bad loss to the Brooklyn Nets the other night, they are still one of the most intriguing young teams within the league when everything is clicking. Wow, that was right on fifteen. Good job, Boom, Alex. baby. Come on. Come on. I think Jack and I have both been um 
very impressed thus far with this Magic team, especially when guys like Paolo Bancaro and Franz Wagner play the way that they have been playing thus far. Um, we talked about them a lot in our segment with my dad the other week um, where we were just like, we don't really see them maintaining the second seed, but we do see them being a, a team that could go to the playoffs this year. Um you know, they have a really young core of guys, a lot of scrappy guys, a lot of really good guard play. Um, but really, when it comes down to it, their forwards and Franz and Paolo are really the guys that, you know, have made this team so dangerous. And when they're on having a good night, like it's really hard to stop this magic offense. Yeah. Are right, you ready? Yeah. Uh, I'm going to give you a countdown here in three, two, one, go. The Minnesota Timberwolves are seven of their last eight and have found themselves on a hot streak. They also sit at nine and one at home and at the top of the Western Conference. No one thought they'd be here, but boy, keep a lookout for those Timberwolves. 13 and a half seconds. A little bit under. A little <sighs> bit under. Didn't have as much to say about the T-Wolves. Well, as, their last uh, win, their last loss uh, was against the Sacramento Kings, who now are in the semifinals of the in-season tournament if i'm not mistaken well they just they we're gonna get into that they did just lose i thought they won last night no they lost to the the, the pels right pels i'm sorry they lost to the pelicans because i thought that they would win so made it to the corner finals of the in-season tournament and their last loss was in the tournament uh and yeah they just look hot sitting at the top of the western conference yeah i agree i agree i think they've been very impressive you you mentioned that home record um, they're also ten and two in the Western Conference, which is pretty amazing. Um, six and three on the road. I mean, of course, nine and one at home is a great place to be. You know, you want your home court to be a fortress. Um, and eight and two in their last ten on a four-game win streak. That team. So, I mean, they are looking a lot better than I think everyone was thinking they would be coming into this season. And I think that's just because Anthony Edwards has been setting the league on fire this year. He really has. All right. I don't have my clock pulled up. I don't have my clock pulled up. Yeah, go ahead. All right, I'm ready. Three, two, one, go. The Chicago Bulls have perennially been one of the most disappointing teams in the league this year. Having two former All-Stars in Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan, along with Nikola Vucevic, a team that was looked at as maybe being a powerhouse in the Eastern Conference about three years ago, has seemingly withered away into a team that nobody is worried about. Ooh, 18.7. A little bit over. A little bit over. Stuttered a little bit there. Um, this is a team that I think we're all expecting to go into rebuild mode very shortly. I think that, you know, there's been some rumors about the Zach Levine trade and all that type of stuff. Um, him wanting out and the organization wanting him to leave. So, you know, we'll see what happens there. Um, but, yeah, I mean, this team is actually on a two-game win streak, but I don't think wins are, like, what they're they're looking for going forward. And I'm interested to see if Billy Donovan is going to stay the coach of this team for the rest of this year. Yeah, for sure. Dude, I'm upset that I left this game. I'm not even going to lie to you. GW's up four with 24.2 seconds left. Shout out Babatunde Akinbola, which took me three weeks to learn how to pronounce. <laughs> he just set a school record. He has, like, 12 or 13 blocks tonight. Shout out, dude. Huge shout out. Jack has uh, actually played basketball against that kid. I have, yeah. I played pickup <laughs> runs against that kid. <laughs> How'd that go? Not well. <laughs> yeah, the Auburn transfer is, uh, you know, a force in GW's 6-2 season this year. It's 
14 blocks. That's crazy. That's crazy. They're just throwing stuff at the rim then, I guess. Yeah. All right. You ready? But interior guy. Yeah, maybe. Maybe that. That could be it. I that could be it. am indeed ready. All right. I'm going to give you a three, two, one. The Houston Rockets are a team that have really surprised me so far this year. They sit at eight and nine right now in a playing spot in the Western Conference, but that's not what sticks out to me. They have the number one ranked defense in the league, and they are eight and one at home. However, they are 0 and eight on the road. So that's something they're going to have to figure out. 15.73. Well done. Well done. Hey, I agree with you. I think coming into the season, we both spoke about the Rockets very highly about being a team that could potentially like sneak into the playoffs with these with the Dylan Brooks and the uh, Fred VanVleet um, acquisitions. I think they're also a team that's drafted like decently well. Um, like, obviously, we both think that Jabari Smith is probably the worst player out of the class you know, the, out of that class in general. But Alfred Shangun has looked great thus far. He looks like kind of like a baby Jokic right now. Um, you know, so that's that's a good thing, right? And, of course, you know, the um, the addition of one of the Thompson twins. I don't remember which Thompson twin they have. They have a SAR. A SAR, okay. I think. They, they look the same, so no worries. Um no worries as to they as have to... a men Thompson. Okay, way to go. Well, we had a 50-50 shot at that <laughs> one. I have no idea. Uh, yeah, no worries. No worries. It happens. Um, but look, they've been impressive this thus far. But I, I honestly think that at this show, we kind of predicted that they would be in this type of position. Um, and it's just more so like, can they maintain this position and continue to be a team that's going to, you know, maybe sneak into the playoffs when that time comes? That is that is the episode that we will never get over the pain of not having released. Alex and I one night sat down, had a whole episode planned out, spent how long? 45 minutes planning out this episode to make one of the best takes we've ever had on this show. That the <laughs> Did that episode never go up? It, it never went out because my wow. computer died mid-recording in person. Oh, right. Episode, I forgot about that. And we will have no proof that we actually <laughs> predicted this on July 4th weekend this summer, but that I, is I truly thought, what happened. I thought we uploaded that. I think we talked That's about them me. that week once we both got back home, but we had an entire episode talking about the Houston Rockets on July 4th weekend that never aired and I lost the audio file and that one will haunt me forever. But I think back to, you know, current day, I think that the Houston Rockets are really showing signs of Ime Udoka basketball and they just have a certain attitude to them where you're like, Oh, we have to play the Rockets tonight. We might not score a point in an entire quarter. And, you know, two nights ago he got ejected from a game for arguing with LeBron. Of course. And having your coach step up and be like, no one's scared of, like, we aren't scared of you as a team is, to me, a lot of people didn't like that. I looked at it and was like, he's sticking up for his players. He's sticking up for this team, and this team believes in him, and they're showing it so far this season. I know that their record might not be one like the Timberwolves or the Thunder at the top of the Western Conference, but to me, they're showing signs of a team that's really banding together, and it's a group of teammates rather than a group of guys on a basketball team i mean yeah like look at like 
personal issues aside, I think both of us have a deep affinity for um, Ime Udoka basketball and the way yeah, that immense he respect made, for the way that he coaches. Yeah, um, for the way that he he crafted that Celtics defense into one of the I think it was the best in the league that year, or the second it best was, in the league. It was that the year. best in NBA history that year. Wow, you know, so like he clearly knows how to coach defensive basketball, and you know, getting players that are all defense candidates like Amen Thompson is going to be an all defense candidate. He's a long defensive explosive wing who can guard multiple positions. A guy like Dylan Brooks bringing him in, you know, like that type of attitude and all that type of stuff. I think that fits perfectly for the system that he's going to input in Houston. And I'm just excited to see how this team continues to rebuild. You want to do one more? Uh, Yeah, I'll do one more. Okay. I got I got my next one in the chamber, so hit me with the countdown when you're ready. Okay. Hold on, there's five seconds left in this game. Navy's looking for their shot. Did not get it. Oh, okay. Dude, our best player just like tore his Achilles on the floor. Really? Yeah. That's not that's not good. Not good. Ooh. All right. Nope, he's fine. He got up. All right. Okay. Game's over. GW1, everyone. Don't worry. I'm sorry. I can put my full attention towards this. Nice. 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 Another win in the book. We are sitting at the top of the A10 right now. Seven and two. Seven and two Mark in the A10. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Count Three, me down. Two, one, go. Despite Cade Cunningham having a breakout season this year, the Pistons are on a 17 game losing streak. I, especially within the the factions of this show, did not expect them to be this bad with the addition of Monty Williams. Damn, 14.5. Okay, we're getting there. We're getting there. I have a very similar pick for my final one. Yeah, I mean, look, this Pistons team is not 2-18 bad. I don't think they're the worst team in the East. I don't think that they have any right to be losing 17 straight games. And I wonder when you look at this team and you go, it's time to pull the plug on Monty Williams. Because I could see him being a midseason fire if they can't put something together. Like, they're not a team that's supposed to be tanking. They're a team that's supposed to be building towards something. And Cade Cunningham has put up good numbers this year. Like, he's not someone... um, Like, he, 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 it's not like no, no one has played well. You know what I mean? Like... He's played well. Jalen Duran played really well to start the season. I'm not entirely sure like what the issue is with the Detroit Pistons. Like Cade's averaging 22 a game. What more do you need from from that type of guy? You know. Yeah, those are star player numbers. Yeah, I don't know if you have more to say to that, but um, no, like 22 and seven assists. Like these, like his splits aren't bad. Like. I don't know. I I just think I just think that that this team is a lot better than their record is dictating that they are. But clearly, they they're not a team that showed up. And I think that in the city of Detroit, soon you're going to get a lot of people asking questions as to what we're doing at this point. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. That's. Yeah, I I agree with all of what you said. I think that unanimously around the league people are looking at this pistons team and they're like damn really thought that this was the year that they're going to string it together and i don't think personally i don't think monty williams is a fantastic head coach i think he's been given a lot down down the road 
in terms of players on his teams. And yeah, I think fair. that's showing on this Pistons team, even though they have a lot of young stars. And on paper, they have what it takes to be a team like the Rockets, like the Thunder, like well, the, not the Thunder, but well, yes, no, no, like no, no. In terms the thunder of, of no, no, last no, no, year, no, no, no. In terms of this team's ready to make a jump to being better. Oh, so, I yes, don't know. I, I think I, I think the Thunder of last year would be a better yeah, comparison the of last there. Year. But just like roster-wise, having a young roster that's balanced very well of guys who are in the same age range and are NBA-ready on paper, but clearly not on the court. Right. All right, you got one more for me? I got one more. Hold on, let Let's me... Let's hear it. You're going to pull up the stats, I'm good. stats on them? All right, I'm ready. In three, two, one, go. Despite all the Victor Wembanyama hype in the preseason, the Spurs currently sit at dead last in the Western Conference at 3-16, and 16, having lost their last 14 games. Is Wemby not NBA-ready, or do they need another piece to surround him with? I guess we'll find out in this year's draft when they will most assuredly have the number one pick again. 18.7. I'll take it. Maybe that not being most said. Not most assuredly, but at the same time, <laughs> they have been atrocious. Yeah, that I, I'm. I was gonna say that. Being said, I think I was hoping that you were going to talk about the Spurs in this slot. Another team that on paper should not be nearly as bad as they they are right now. Look, Wembenyama is gonna be in Rookie of the Year conversation for sure, regardless of how he plays this year. And he's averaging 19.3 points a game. It's inefficient, but like he hasn't been horrible. You know. I think most people are expecting Chet to win at this point, at this stage in the season. We're about like a fourth of the way through the season at this point, you know? Um, we so are. we can start to predict these types of things. Um, we're not, or we are? Well, we are. Almost yeah. exactly. Okay. Yeah. So, like, I think they've been disappointing. Um, I think you were expecting them to win a little bit more. But then again, like, it's it's the Spurs. They got nobody else on this roster like their next best player is who devin vassell or keldon johnson like i mean those are both solid whom... role pieces right role pieces but if you're building a team around victor Wembanyama, i mean i we both said going into the season that his expectations were too high agreed and honestly i expected the spurs team to be right around where they are right now yeah but i i, I just but for I those expected... those people who are hyping him up so much like did you not did you not do your research on past NBA teams. Big men especially take more than a year to come into their role. So people who thought that he was going to be LeBron and step in and be an MVP candidate in his rookie season, it's just not going to happen. Agreed. This is more like what I expected them to be. And I think that this is where they should honestly be with their future and their best interest. Now they can go into this year's draft and they can try and find either like a, a playmaking point guard who can distribute the ball as well as score or like, a wing if that's what they're interested in yeah no i think you make a good point um i i don't know i don't know what what the like what the what the what the go forward is i think it's just Wemby development at this point prioritize Wembenyama development um but like the worst thing that could happen for him would be to get hurt in a meaningless game so like i'm not entirely sure you know like what the what the plan is for resting him going forward and that type of stuff. But I guess we'll just have to wait and see with that. So I will say the Wemby effect is on and it's fully on. Tickets for the Washington Wizards 
on a given Tuesday against the Memphis Grizzlies are they start at uh, $14. Mm-hmm. The cheapest ticket for the game against the Spurs, in which Victor Wembanyama will ideally play in, guess what they guess what they start at? Uh, $56. $170. Damn. Okay, I was way off there. Way but off. I think everybody's on the hype train. And I'm not saying that I've jumped off the hype train in any means. Uh, you can't. You can't jump off the hype train. No, of course not. But, like, I just... I don't know what this team's ceiling is going forward. And I think the hope is that Pop can develop this guy into a, a perennial all-star. Um, but we'll just have to see. Yeah, we will. Do you have any more NBA topics? Are you ready to talk about the in-season tournament? I mean, that is an NBA topic. So I guess right, you know what I mean. Do you have any more 15-second? Yep. No, no, let, right, right, right. let me rephrase. <laughs> do you have any more 15-second rundowns or are you ready to talk about it? No, I'm all set. Let's do this thing. All right. In-season tournament last night, I think, is where we have to go first. And would you rather start with Celtics? You want to do some Celtics talk? Hey, buddy? Yeah. Don't tell me with guy? a good time. Don't tell me with a good time. It wasn't last night. It was not. It was not a good time. I, I did watch this entire game. Um, th- yeah, sure. This is a team that we beat by 50 a month ago. Mm-hmm. And you could make the argument that there's no way we shouldn't beat them by 50 again this time. And, yeah, I'd hear you out. I will say, the Celtics coming off of two full days of rest in a tournament game that they worked so hard to get to as we were watching last Tuesday, I expected them to do a little better. I won't lie to you. Yeah, fair. We've only played two games in the last – I'm sorry, three games in the last week. So all our players were rested, except for Kristaps, who was injured. And I think that a lot of Celtics fans are blindsided by this Pacers team because they look at the Pacers and they say, oh, they're the Indiana Pacers. They haven't been good since Paul George was rocking 24. Mm -hmm. But that's just not the case anymore. And so for anyone who was surprised last night by Tyrese Halliburton having a triple-double – with 30 and 13 assists, you're not watching enough basketball. Yeah, Tyrese Halliburton like, is a generational playmaker. Dog. 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 They got Tyrese Halliburton. Dog. Dog. Miles Turner. Dog. Dog. Buddy, Buddy Heald. Heald. Dog. Dog. Obi Toppin. Brutal. Didn't know he played basketball, but he's a dog. <laughs> In college, was a dog. <laughs> This Pacers team's on dog watch. Didn't know he played running back, but he's a dog. <laughs> he's a dog. They're on dog watch. For sure. Nah, I and, agree. And and you could you could ask, are the Celtics on fraud watch? No, oh, Jesus. Let's not get into that this early. We're 15 and 5. We lead the Eastern Conference in every like, <laughs> Look, I'm just starting here. friendly discourse. I know. I'm Celtics a, might I, be look. on dog on fraud watch. Yeah, we're always on fraud watch. Look, we let not Patrick having... Beverly have a almost a thirty ball against us this weekend. Yeah, not having Chris Tapps has been bad for us. Um, he's been resting, which is fine. Like keep him healthy for the games that matter, the important games. But you would think that this game was important, I guess, to some extent. And and before um, the game even started, they were talking about how he would be back for the next game. So we got announcers jinxed. We did, we did. That's true. It's a travesty. Damn it! What are we doing? What the hell? Uh, Drew Holiday didn't play fantastic last night, um, which is okay. Like, you can't expect him to do that much. The thing that caught my eye the most was, like, with this Pacers team, like, 
they got so many guys on vet mins and rookie contracts that like they're hyped about this 500k. You know what I mean? Like, no, I they it, are the reason that the in-season tournament was a thing. Correct. I I think it'll be a big deal to any team to win that money cuz you get $500,000 for each of those players and like of course they're your star players who it's going to be a drop in the bucket. And then there are guys who it'll change their life for a couple months and stuff like that. But like this Pacers team is built on guys like making like $3 million or less a year, which I mean, I say like that's a little bit of money, you know, but like um, in the NBA comparatively, it's not the same, you know? So like these guys are all like super hyped up about trying to win because they know that there's something to gain. So like you look at their bench after a big play or something like that, like they're they're jumping they around, they're hopping, they're like it's it's active. Like and I think that type of environment, that type of playoff environment that Indiana brought last night is what we need going forward if this in season tournament is going to be successful. I, However, I actually I actually I'm sorry, I'll let you finish. No, 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 keep going. You, you can So uh, objectively, as a basketball fan, I really like seeing the Pacers advance because yeah. The in-season tournament to me is a chance for teams that won't make a deep NBA run to make a run at something meaningful. Because in the NBA championship, like in order to get to the finals and win the finals, you have to win four seven-game series. Right. You have to win four seven-game series. So statistically, the better team will win every time. Will win every time. Yeah. But if you're playing a single elimination tournament, any team can win at any Agreed. point, and it makes Agreed. it a lot of fun to watch. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that people expected the Pacers to even make it out of their group. Yep. However, they did at a 4-0 record. So now they they entered this tournament undefeated, and now they are getting up for in-season tournament games. They're at home against the best team in the Eastern Conference, and they go out and smack them. And to me, I yeah. look at the stats, and I look I look at their roster, and they're seven guys deep. They have seven guys playing 25-plus minutes, and the only other two that got in the game played less than 10. All seven of those guys were double digits last night, one of which had a double-double, one of which had a triple-double. Yeah. So, objectively, in terms of a basketball fan, I'm psyched that the Pacers are moving forward. But as a Celtics fan, I'm disappointed in the way that we played. I am too. That was going to be my however statement was that like you want, I want the Celtics to win games, but you know, it's exciting to see a young team like the Pacers advance, you know? So like going, looking at the other side of the bracket, like you hope the Pelicans win, you know? Yeah, you do. I mean, I guess I'm, I guess I'm getting ahead of myself. Um, You want to go to the West or you, you do you want to keep going on the East? Well, I mean, just real quick. Uh, before we move on from this game, because boy, would I like to move on from this game. <laughs> there was a sequence last night that this Pacers team had that really put them ahead. They went on like a 7-0 run, and they just mm-hmm. had great ball movement that ended in easy layups and Tyrese Halliburton having a four-point play. Maybe the most lit play of the year. Yeah. And I was sitting in bed, and I was upset, but I did literally get chills up my body watching their sequence of basketball last night, which hasn't happened in a long time. Mm-hmm. Good. That's it. We can keep moving on. Okay. Let's go to the West. 
Um, the two and the three seed also faced off in the Western Conference for the in-season tournament last night. We got the Beam Team. Beam Team. Light the Beam. Beam Team. You know, we're Beam Team guys over here in the have corner office. The always of, have been. Have you seen the clip of Doma and uh, De'Aaron Fox? <laughs> in like an interview, they look at each other and they go, purple laser. <laughs> yes, I have seen that. Yeah. But they took on the Pels, a team that um, is made up of Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson, whoa, who whoa, only whoa, shot the ball like eight whoa. times in that game. Yeah. But somehow they still got the win. Um, that being said, you know, I don't think either of these teams winning or losing is a big deal. I mean, us being, you know, moderate Kings fans, we would have enjoyed seeing the Kings go forward. I think that that crowd atmosphere that they have is – Second to none in the league Second right now. Second to the Celtics. Second to the Celtics right now in Celtics. the league. Um, but, you know, seeing a, seeing a small market team win that game, I guess, was going to be a given with the two teams that were playing. And I just hope that they beat whoever wins the Lakers versus Suns matchup tonight at 10 p.m. And let's hope that the Suns win that because I don't like the Lakers. I don't really like either of these teams. I don't either. I, I, I really, I really hope. I would that love to see the Pelicans. A Pelicans, and I, to be honest with you, I don't like the Bucks or Knicks either. In fact, I would say that I have hatred for both of those teams. So, a Pelicans, I would love to see a Pelicans Pacers Pacers final. final. Yeah, that'd no be pretty one, cool. No one would watch except for us. <laughs> yeah, real and, and we would, watch. No one would watch it. We would watch the shit out of that game. <laughs> Who's we my would watch there. the ever living shit out of that game. That game would be awesome to watch. Um, but yeah, I mean, the Bucks look like they're going to beat the Knicks right now. It's the fourth quarter; they're up twenty points. So I'm going to say that the Bucks are going to be advancing to the semifinal against the Pacers. They match up poorly with each other. Um, hopefully, Tyrese Halliburton has a forty ball and gets the Pacers over the hump. But honestly, as someone who wasn't super in on the in season tournament, I've been. I've been impressed. Man, I'm digging it. Yeah, I've been I've been very much impressed. I, I've I've been kind of a, a curmudgeon thus far, a little bit of a grump about it. Um, but I, I think oh that I think I'm, ass, didn't you? <laughs> I, I think I think I'm overcoming that, and um, you know, I, I honestly I honestly am digging the format a lot more than I thought I would. So, cool cool beans. Oh, cool beans. Yeah. Oh, cool beans. Cool beans. Cool beans. But those courts are whack. The Indiana Pacers court is hard to look at. Dude, the jerseys are dreadful. (laughs) NBA, you spent way too much time hyping up Wemby and talking about this in-season tournament and and fired your whole design team clearly because these City Edition jerseys are putrid across the league. Yeah, they've been rough this year. They've been rough this year. They've been dreadful. Indiana's is pretty bad. Their their court is one of the weirder ones. It's like sky blue People and love yellow. It. One of the Pacers People... sky blue. Yeah. <laughs> who came up with who's like who's like, all right, let's look at this navy blue and yellow team and let's add something to it. They also have like the comic sans font Peel on blue. the jersey. Yeah, it's bad. So it's bad. We'll, we'll see. We'll see about that. Um Yeah, we will. You got you got anything more you want to talk about or no? I, I'm actually excited to watch this game tonight. Um, okay. Hopefully both teams will lose. <laughs> yeah. That's hopefully, it. hopefully both teams. I, I would love to see a tie in this one. <laughs> I, 
I'd love to see a tie where both teams lose and the Kings and Pelicans. <laughs> that was a really good game. Love a little bit of a bye week. A little bye week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's move into our last topic for today. Because okay. this is, in my opinion, the hottest topic around sports. the sports world right now. And it's not and something a- that we particularly care about. Well, historically it hasn't, but lately I've actually found myself caring about it. Call me crazy. I know. Interesting. Interesting. And of course, we're talking about college football. And yeah, Yeah. you guys are probably thinking, wow, you have never talked about college football before. (laughs) Correct. No, we haven't. But we are this time. Yeah. Here's why. For those of you who are not caught up on what's going on in the world of college football right now, and who don't understand the college football playoff at all, The top four teams in the country make it into the college football playoff to compete for the trophy. Only four out of every division one team and program. Probably four. 300 teams. The top four make it. And this year it was really tight going down the stretch. And last weekend, there were a lot of games that decided a lot of, a lot of fates of teams. So last week, the top four going in was Georgia, Michigan, Washington, and Florida state. Give me their records. Uh, undefeated. All of those four teams were undefeated going into the last week. And so out of those four teams, the teams that won this weekend were Michigan, Washington, Florida State. And so historically, you must assume, well, obviously, Florida State made it. Well, they didn't. And here's why. Last season, TCU went undefeated in the Big 12 and found themselves in the college football playoff. Won the first game, went to the national championship, and got blown out by 58 by Georgia. Yeah. So the argument started, and it's been formulating all season. Do the top four teams become the best four teams in the country, or are they most the most deserving teams in the country? And I think that there's a lot of debacle because Michigan State went undefeated in a Power 5 conference, but finds themselves outside of the college football playoff due to two reasons. One... They play in the ACC, mm-hmm. historically the worst division out of those five. Two, they are playing without their quarterback and their backup Jordan quarterback. Jordan Travis, yeah, and their backup quarterback, yep. So people look at Florida State and they say, oh, well, well, they are the most deserving, but no, they are not the best team. We're going to not vote them into the college football playoff rankings. So here's the top four. There's number one, Michigan. Number two, Washington. Number three, Texas. Mm-hmm. Number four, Alabama. Texas finds himself in there after beating Oklahoma State in the Big 12 championship this week. Mm. Yes, I think they're deserving to be there. Alabama has a loss, but their loss was to Texas, who's number three. Correct. Washington's undefeated. Michigan's undefeated, both of whom won their respective championships this week. And Alabama beat the consensus number one team in the country in Georgia. Georgia. For the the SEC SEC championship game. Thank you. Huge point to make. Yep. Um... Give me your take. What do you think? Well, well, I am divided because it is true. Last year, they went with the most deserving four teams, and one of them got blown out by 58 in the championship, 65-7. to Yeah. However, I mean, undefeated in the Power Five. I I don't think that's fair, though. Are you going to put them over Alabama? Who beat Ooh. the number one seed and whose only loss is the number three seed? No, you can't. Are you going to put them in over Texas, who's 
undefeated. Texas might have a loss. They have a loss. They lost to Oklahoma. Right. So Texas is the one that you make the argument for. Are you put well, Texas, Texas beat Alabama. So if you put Alabama right. in, you have to put, Texas, have to put in. Texas in. See, the college football well, is like kind of a bit all over the but place. But at the same time, you don't. It's sure, Texas beat Alabama, but Alabama beat Georgia and is undefeated besides the Texas loss. No, you, if, if you put in Alabama, you have to put in Texas, in my opinion. Now, here's here's the issue with this entire debacle is the fact that people are comparing this Florida State team to a TCU team that beat Michigan to get to the college football final. Right, and that's, uh, the point that I was, that's the point that I was heading towards. Yeah. It's definitely true. Last year, TCU did beat Michigan. Michigan, who was fully staffed with their coach on the sidelines. Mm-hmm. So that argument is kind of a mute point. If TCU beat Michigan, do you think Michigan's putting up that bad of a showing against Georgia? Probably. Maybe not that bad, but close to. I think it's a different I think I think it's a different scenario this year. Um losing losing Jordan Travis, this Florida State team clearly has not played the strength of opponents that this SEC carries and i do think that if they were to get into the college football playoff even though they were deserving at a 13 and 0 record they would get slaughtered well and, and i think that i'm sorry finish yeah i i just think that i think that as much as the committee made a decision that was unpopular at the time that being like uh, or unpopular along the lines of like um of florida state fans i think it was the correct one I think that having two SEC teams, obviously the most uh, talented conference in, you know, college football, um, and just like making sure that the playoff is going to be balanced this year, because I I honestly think that we could see a, a Michigan versus Alabama final this year, which would be awesome for the fans, in my opinion. Um, like I think that you have limited the amount of risk, like the risk reward of having a team like. Florida State in versus a team like Alabama is just so incredibly low. You know, I just I think that I think that Alabama's the safer pick. And that that doesn't, you know, that doesn't like deny anything that Florida State has done. Right? Like they had a fantastic season. They're going to win against USC when they play them for the nothing bowl that they're gonna be in. Um but I just don't they're think that Georgia. they're a team. Florida State's playing Georgia. Oh, I thought they were playing USC. No, they're playing Georgia. Oh, maybe not. Never mind. Um, so that'll actually be a game. But I, I, I just think that the committee made the correct decision to to put uh, to put Alabama and Texas in over FSU, in my opinion. And I don't know that much about college football, but the people that I've talked to that do agree with that take. Yeah, and and so here's a point. First of all, before I get anywhere, I agree with you. I'm glad that they went with the best four teams. And I agree that Florida State's not in there. And yeah, Ron DeSantis, not a political guy. But I think that raising like $100 million to sue the college football committee, a bit of an overstep. Mm. But if we're going to go with the top four teams, the best four teams instead of the most deserving four teams, why is Georgia not on there? Georgia's, I mean... Georgia's unanimously one of the best four teams in the country. 
Why are they not on that list if it's the top four? I understand the Texas argument, and I understand the Alabama argument. But if you're going to – Texas is in there based on most deserving because they beat yeah. Alabama. That's the only reason they're in there. Yep. But if we're going best four teams, if you're going to have a team with one loss in there, it should be Georgia because Georgia played a full SEC schedule. Oh, you think? Yeah, I understand. I understand that they're in the SEC East or whatever it is. But they still, regardless, anyone you ask in the college football world will tell you that the SEC is hands and feet better than every other conference in college football. Hands and feet. Yeah, came up with that one on the spot. Yeah, I can tell. Four limbs. <laughs> All over the place. Four I was going, limbs. I was going for head and shoulders. Okay. Thank yep. you. Head and shoulders above the rest of every other conference in college football. And if you're going to put the best four teams in there, you better put the team that played a full SEC schedule and only had one loss in Georgia over Texas, in my opinion. And yeah, George, I know you're listening. I know you're a UT fan. I'm sorry. It's just my take. They don't deserve to be in there over Georgia if we're going the best four teams. And we're yeah, the four most deserving, they absolutely deserve to be in there. George. George. No, that's fine. Yeah, but um, I I don't I don't agree. I don't think Georgia should be in the college football playoff this year because I think the loss in the SEC championship makes Alabama the better team. Um, but that being said, I think that the only way to solve this issue going forward is to expand the playoff, and I think that they're planning to do that, which is a good thing. Because um, a fourteen playoff to decide the best team in the country, I just don't think is is valid. And next year they will move to 12 and this argument will most likely never had to be had again. Correct. Which will be a lot more fun for the fans, for the viewers, for people like us who I know that really I know, know that what's for going me, on for me personally, I will watch the college football playoff. If there's 12 teams, I will I've, too. I've historically like it's on new year's. I'm not watching college football on new year's. Uh, I will I tune it. in to the college football playoff. I got. 100%. I got to watch the ball drop. Yeah. Yeah, dude. I got to watch the TV thing. I got to watch Billy music. Joel singing Times Square for the eight hundredth time. I got to watch Megan Trainer have a concert in Times Square, hosted by Ryan Seacrest. <laughs> yeah. Missiles. Yeah, I do. No, but for real, I will watch the college football playoff if there's 12 teams. 100%, I will. I agree. I agree. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it. I think that's all we have. Yeah, I think so too. Okay. And I'm looking well, to be back on National Thursday. I don't know about you, brother, but I'm oh I'm looking god. to be here. Oh my god, I'm itching. I'm itching. Like I'm you, just, you, you, National dude, Thursday. I wish you guys could see me itching done. right now. I will have been done with my final class of the semester. What what? Boy. And boy, we're going to have some National Thursday content for you. Alex, I don't know if you've noticed, it's been two weeks since we last did a prediction show. Blew your mind. Yeah, I, I, I wasn't sure how to react to that one. Well, yeah, it's because you're playing schedule. Because this guy's an NCAA hooper. That's what they call me. As hell. I'm sorry. Call me NCAA. <laughs> All right, let's, let's get, let's get out of here. Well, Alex Penders. Let's get out of here. Huh? I'm done. I've had enough. Uh, I'm tired. I, this yeah, this episode has gone for 40 minutes. I'm ready to crash. I recorded in my bed tonight. I won't lie to you. Hey. Probably my AC. Hey. Let's go. Yeah. Huge. Yeah.
Yeah. All right. Thank you for Thank listening, you. everyone. You As go. always, this has been The Corner Office. I'm Jack Byrne. And I'm Alex Penders. Corner three. Corner three. The channel. Ooh. This episode is brought to you by Romeo's Sports Bar and Grill. Conveniently located in Scarborough, Yarmouth, and Topsom, Romeo's Bar and Grill has been a great atmosphere for food, drinks, sports, and family fun since 1989. I've spent many hours inside of Romeo's, and it is my go-to place whenever I need somewhere to watch the big game. My personal favorite item on the menu is the chicken parmesan pizza, but there are plenty of other options like burgers, wings, and appetizers galore. If you are looking for a spot to bring the family, or just a place to relax and enjoy some food, give Romeo's a try. Now back to the action.